Welcome to the RPGBot.News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Is this your card? <laughs> how, how did he know? Wow. <laughs> also, I think I have to go to another plane of existence now. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Tyler, what's happening? All right. I'm very excited. Tonight, we are going to talk about the deck of many things. So this is not just like the classic. It has been in, in D&D lore since the 70s. This is the newly released, by the same name, the deck of many things. It is a box set. Among the things in the box set is the deck of many things and some other things. How many times can I say things tonight? Let's find out. Yeah. Ding, 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 I've got ding, the ding, box ding, of many ding, things. I got <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a deck of many things and there's a book of many things. Mhm. <laughs> there's several tables of of many things. <laughs> there's some things, yeah. No. Okay, so I I'm going to do a thing that we've been forgetting to do on these reviews. So, according to the Federal Trade Commission, we we're supposed to inform our audience when we receive complimentary review materials because, you know, we have to, you know, so that, you know, this could influence our decision making that we get these things for free. So we do get D&D products for free for the purposes of reviewing them. So we get two physical copies that are mailed to my house and then I physically throw one at Randall. And then we get D&D Beyond access codes so that the entire team can use them so we can write optimization content and stuff like that. And so Ash can help review things. So we get those from a few different companies. The copies of Deck of Many Things that we have were complimentary review copies. We do not let that influence our decision-making. We do not let that influence our opinions. We have not allowed that to stop us from saying like, hey, this is weird and or bad. So I hope that folks will continue to trust us, even though we are now getting cool stuff for free. Yeah, I do not think anybody could listen to Ash's review of Spelljammer and think... They got bought for this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, just to put in perspective, I haven't paid for a single thing that we've reviewed on this show. And I always give my honest opinions, whether yeah. Watsy likes it or not. <laughs> Look, if we're not willing to, to give constructive criticism, then our opinions really aren't worth much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the other thing to say is we also don't sell reviews. So we're not paid to do yeah. reviews. We get the free copy. We review it. We do the episode. FTC, All are right. you happy? <laughs> are they ever? No, they're good. They said they're good. Okay, let's go. Oh. All right, here we go. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about, the physical release has been delayed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like if this is your first time hearing that news, I'm very sorry. Apparently there were some issues in the manufacturing process. Like the the marketing folks emailed us and said, like, hey, were your copies okay? Because we'll get you a fresh one if they weren't. Ours were fine, fortunately, but apparently most of the problems were around, like, the physical deck itself. Mm. Like, wizards, it's not like they've ever printed cards before, right? Yeah, it's a new skill, really. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, granted, they're a very different format from what they're used to. They're very shiny and fancy cards. Apparently, a lot of them came out just, like, really beaten up, misprinted, the packaging damaged them, so, like... You couldn't get them out with hurting them. So yeah, people have had some legitimate issues. So Wizards is doing the right thing and fixing it before it hits shelves. So physical release will be delayed. If you're buying the digital book of many things, that's still coming out on track. All right, now let's get to the actual fun part. Hey, what's in the box? What's in the what's box? In the box? <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that everyone gets that reference. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So in in the box set, there are three things. Two and a half? Two? Five? I don't like 20 something. No, 60 something. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's count the deck as a number of things. There are a number of things. Let's count the deck as one. Okay. Okay. All right, so in this box, if you get the physical copy, you're going to get a box set. Inside the box set, you're going to get the Book of Many Things. You're going to get a cardboard box, like people on the chat, I've got mine hidden behind my head. You're going to get a cardboard box, which has three cool little slots in it. That comes with the card companion guide, which explains, like, here's what all these cards could mean. Randall's holding it up. And also the now 66-card Book of Many More Things, or sorry, Deck of Many More Things. I knew I was going to get that wrong at least once. Look Ooh, at those gorgeous cards. They're God, so they're many. They're so beautiful. And that's only yeah. a third of them. I can. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the art on the cards is awesome. Yeah. All right. So, so if you're buying the digital copy, like if you go look at the physical copy online, it's basically a hundred dollars. If you look at the digital copy on D and beyond, it's $30. And you might say like, that's kind of an insane price difference. And, Yes, it is. But the digital version, you only get the book of many things. You don't get the cards. You don't get the card companion guide. Why isn't the card companion guide available digitally? I don't have an answer. And I sure wish it was because it's kind of neat. All right. So let's start with the book of many things, because this is this is really where at at the very least players are going to get most of the value. Like this is kind of. Not the conceptual heart, but the mechanical heart of the product, in my opinion. Would you say it's the thing? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. In a product called the Deck of Many Things, the arguably the most important thing in there is not the deck. Yeah. (laughs) It it is awesome, though. Like, sincerely, there's a lot of great content in it. I'm I'm going to let you... (laughs) I'm going to let you finish, but then I've got some things I want to say about it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish, yeah, I... but WotC released one of the best books of the year. Sorry. <laughs> had to be done. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, so the book of many things is broken up by chapter. There are 22 chapters and they match the original 22 cards in the deck of many things. And like they are tied thematically to those cards. Some, and... some of them make a ton of sense like the puzzle card well maybe it's worth saying so they replaced the idiot in the prior version with the puzzle card in the puzzle chapter there are puzzles riddles and traps makes a ton of sense perfectly works other things it's like you you stretched yourself to get to the point where this is a chapter in the book yeah 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 yeah, I agree. Some of them are obvious, like the the gem chapter is the chapter about treasure. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. The flames chapter, NPCs? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the rogues chapter, magic card decks. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good at shuffling, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they said that it was magic card decks heroes of destiny and then they saved it with rogues galley ah oh, there you go that makes sense yeah. <laughs> way to land it way to land it yep <laughs> so they uh they don't line up they don't all line up perfectly but <laughs> yes rocco the gem tractor is truly outrageous some of the items in there oh boy 
Yeah. Okay. So people have like, we've known about some of these character options and some of these magic items since the unearthed arcana that came out like what mid last year, I think there were like spells like house of cards and the card home answer feet we saw for the first time. So like all those character options are in there for the first time or they were in that on Arcana. They're in there now. The House of Cards is no longer a spell. It's now a magic item. But other than that, most of them are pretty close. We, we've we already covered all of those things on the site. So like magic items, the, the, the feat, the one feat, all of the spells, they're all up on our handbooks already. So go grab them. There's Card- a ton of new monsters. Cardomancer's fun. I like it. Cardomancer's really fun. Like, yeah. So what is the Cardomancer for folks at home? So Cardomancer allows you to take a spell and put it on a card once per day. Uh, Let me bring it up here real quick. Where is it under? Is it Fates? Is that where it is? Oh, no, it's under. Here it is. I got it. Uh, Yeah, it gives you prestidigitation as a cantrip. But yeah, the hidden ace is is the best one because it's like it so it's an action and it must be a level for which you have spell slots that you put into you imbue the card for eight hours while the card is imbued with the spell you can use a bonus action to flourish the card and cast the spell so you can turn yes. an action spell cast or something or a longer spell into a bonus action <laughs> Or no, oh, it's one action, one action, one action. My bad. Yeah, it's a, it doesn't have to be a one action spell, but something that's really easy to overlook. It has to be a spell on your spell list. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a spell you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like sorcerers, warlocks, rangers, etc. Like, oh, I didn't take this incredibly annoying spell that only need once. Time for Cartomancer. Yeah. Problem solved. I mean, the aesthetics are just fun, and you can also combine it with the new spell, Spirit of Death, which works really well for this because yeah. it's literally the Reaper card given life. And you can just pull a Yu-Gi-Oh and be like, ha you've instituted my trap card. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> activated my <laughs> trap card. <laughs> And it is worth saying, like, we've seen similar for wizards and clerics in the 2024 Players Guide as well. The idea of, like, okay, once per day, we're going to give you some mechanism to go get a spell from your spell list and bring it here and use it, even though you didn't have it prepared ahead of time. This winds up feeling mechanically very similar to that. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, going into the 2024 rules, that does make a lot of sense. People will have more access to their broader spell list beyond just what they what they know or what they have prepared. So yeah, this does actually fit right alongside that. Good call. Yeah. So a couple of things that I want to highlight that I thought were really cool. So an idea of an inspiration hand. So if you have the book of many things, if you only have the digital, one of the things that you'll find as you go through this, they tell you, here's how to use the deck of many more things that come in the physical box or go get yourself a deck of playing cards and just use the deck of playing cards. So all of the tables throughout the book will give you both, okay, you know, here's how to use it if you bought the physical product. Here's how to use playing cards like a standard 52 plus jokers to, to achieve the same thing, which means if you only buy the digital, you can still make use of everything here without actually having to have that physical asset, which is great. But the specific thing I want to highlight an idea of an inspiration hand. So as a DM, you lay out a set of cards. When you give inspiration, instead of giving inspiration the meta currency that we all know and love for 5e, you allow someone to draw from a, the, the presented cards 
And then that becomes their reward for inspiration that they get to use in the future. So let me give you what some of these things are. When you deal damage to a creature, immediately spend one hit die to heal yourself, roll the die, add your constitution modifier, and regain a number of hit points equal to that total. Another example can be, as a bonus action, reduce the speed of one creature within five feet of you to zero until the start of your next turn. And so you can imagine being able to vary dynamically, like I'm going to use my inspiration, I'm going to use my inspiration to take this card because at a particular moment, this is going to be extremely useful in, in the common encounter that we're in. But yeah, if you ever wanted to play Gambit in D&D, <laughs> you could make some, you could have do really fun build with this. Like you could, you could take the Cardomancer feat, spray of cards just feels in character, that new spell. And then there's a new there's a new deck. Like you could do the deck of many more things, but that's legendary, so you're gonna have to wait a while. Or you could get the deck of wonder, <laughs> which is just an uncommon magic item, which most people start with depending on their level. And it has a lot of cool, fun effects that are not like as huge and gate breaking as the deck of many things. So you could just lean into your gambit fantasy, which I'm gonna make a character like this at some point. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, yeah, the deck of wonders is specifically pitched as like baby's first deck of many things. Most of the effects are temporary. All of the negative effects are temporary. So like deck of many things does something bad to you. You're going to need a wish to fix it. Deck of wonders does something bad for you. Just like hide in a hole for a day or two. You'll be fine. There are a couple of really nice permanent buffs that that deck can give you, though. So, yeah, if you find one, just start drawing cards and hope for the best. Yeah, they give a really great guide up front in the book of like, okay, you have the starter deck, you have a role-playing focus. They actually give you like, if you want to build a small deck, you can build a deck that is very much meant just to encourage the players at the table to engage in role-play. You can have one that's like super lighthearted, like nothing, like, like Tyler said, nothing terrible is going to happen. And then they also give you the deck of horrors, which of course is going to destroy everybody and you're not going to have a good time. Let's see. Okay, so we also got a ton of really cool monsters in here. Like there, there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of new lore. There's, there's a canon explanation for where the deck came from. The woman on the cover whose name eludes me right this second. Goodness, I had it like thirty seconds ago. Asteria. Asteria. Thank you. Yes, Asteria. She is the uh, the first canonical example of an official D and D character with autism. She ties heavily into the story, like the deck was created specifically because she had a disagreement with the goddess of fate, which, you know, have you ever have you ever disagreed with a god so hard that they created a legendary artifact that might unmake the multiverse? It's aspirational. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So she she features heavily throughout the book. There, like it does the D and D thing where they've got the little blurbs from the narrator, and those are all over the place. They're good to read one because it happens to be in front of me. Flumps are always friend shaped. <laughs> are always friend shaped. Uh, friend shaped. You you never heard something is described as friend shaped? Nope. No. Dogs are always friend shaped. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> wing lady in the chat if not friend why friend shaped exactly yeah exactly <laughs> Steph like bears oh. no <laughs> Steph no maybe don't maybe don't don't hug a bear I mean did grizzly man teach us nothing <laughs> oh oh I missed this one hey guys remember how we did an episode on hags super recently yes yeah there's a new hag 
<laughs> the Fate Hag. They have legendary resistances. Oh, dang. Which I think where, where scary. Is Look at that. It's only CR4 and it's got legendary resistances. Look at that. Yeah, the uh, the Talons chapter has the majority of the monsters, but they are actually scattered all over oh, the yeah. place. Like also yeah. so you... there's a bunch of new or there's a bunch of new organizations centered around the deck of many things. There's basically a, an order of interplanar knights who basically show up to rescue people from the negative effects of the deck. There's an organization trying to hunt down every copy of the deck in the multiverse because they believe it will destroy the multiverse. There's an army of undead who are cursed undeath by the deck who are attempting to destroy every copy of the deck because they believe it will return them to life. You mentioned Hysteria. Her stat, her stat block's actually in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CR eighteen, not bad. Also, Uriel is a is a neutral good Medusa. You don't see that a lot, so that's cool. Yeah, ne- neutral good Medusa Druid. Yeah, she she's pretty cool, and she's apparently a pretty great gardener because she can grow flowers that can cast Wish. Which like what? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so Uriel and Asteria are arguably like the two mortal beings with more knowledge about the deck of many things than anyone else in the multiverse because, you know, Asteria's been there the whole time and they they have this garden and if you come to them uh, looking for help, they might give you a flower that can cast wish to undo the effects of the deck. Yeah, oh, we, cool. we got to talk to Mackenzie de Armas about the deck of many things, the book of many things. And one of the one of the things that she pointed out, it's like, so we have this Medusa and then we have Asteria who really doesn't like making eye contact with people and what better friends to put together <laughs> than, than Asteria and... Makes sense. <laughs> and a Medusa, yeah. Well, two things. First off, if you ever want, if you're like, ooh, Uriel sounds cool, I want to see her. Apparently her home is located within the Outlands and we just talked about Planescape, so there you go. They kind of connect yeah. in that way. But I also, the other <laughs> thing I want to mention is that it looks like they're going, they're using legendary actions for these, which is weird. Yeah, which is weird considering that in Planescape, they got, did away with legendary actions. They just used, used more reactions. Like, yeah. So that's odd. I wonder Maybe if they were hadn't gotten around. Yeah, I wonder if this book Maybe. was in production before Planescape. Who knows? That's entirely possible. Like we we've talked about it on a couple of previous episodes, where yeah, they're tra- they're phasing out legendary actions in favor of reactions. So I have to imagine the production time must have been longer because they had to spin up this whole cardboard box deck of cards thing. That's interesting. I don't think we're going to be able to figure that out on our own. We're going to have to actually try and get someone at Wizards to explain that to us. Yeah. Cool. Good catch, Ash. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. So I mentioned that army of the undead. Hey, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they lead that army. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, if you ever need some cool roving army to just appear out of a portal just to mess stuff up, hand your players a deck of many things, and there you go. Set them running. Um, There's there's so much cool stuff in here. There's a thieves' guild comprised of were creatures. So like mm-hmm. oh the the leaders are a, a were rat a werewolf maybe a were vulture or something like this yeah yeah there's a, were- a new were vulture that's a thing now a were wolf is that what you said <laughs> you know it might have been <laughs> it's it's extremely rare. <laughs> 
All right. So I, I think one of my favorite things in here, the star chapter, is full of ideas for your character's backstory. So this is where we get the the new D&D Zodiac. So I am not normally one who is into astrology, but, you know, sometimes you throw a little D&D flavor on top of things and I'll give something a try. <laughs> All right. So, guys, I'm going to ask each of you a very silly question. Hey, what's your star sign? You go first, Randall, because mine's complicated. <laughs> but how can it be complicated? It doesn't matter. Never mind. I'm a Gemini. You're a Gemini. All right. Okay. So Gemini is what? Mid-spring? Yeah, it feels right. You know, I, I actually posted a, twi- a table it's on Twitter uh, so I wouldn't have to do this live. Late spring. Okay, so Gemini maps to the sign of the key. You were born under the symbol of the child. You were an omen of insight. I'm an omen of insight. Ah, yes. yes, Well, (laughs) whatever that means. And let's see, where did that go? I have deep thoughts in a shallow pool. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's see. So there's also like birthstone and color and a favorite ability score. There's there's a creature associated with everything. Yours is the cat. I'll buy that. I, I I don't know why. All right, Ash. Your star sign. Give it to me. Okay, so I'm on the last day of Aries, but which means I'm a cusper, so I take traits from both Aries and Taurus. So you're either the sage or the throne. All right, so sage, the wise one, omen of where did it go? Why do they make me scroll? You monsters. Omen of imagination. Interesting. And then Taurus maps to the sign of the throne, the symbol of the everlasting, the omen of promise. Interesting. So, you know, cool stuff. And, and Sphinx and Dragon are the two. So Sphinx yeah. for Ares and Dragon for for Horus. I feel pretty good with that. Yeah. yeah. Feels nice, doesn't it? Feels nice. Yeah. So I'm a Capricorn, and people who follow astrology meet me and say, yeah, that makes sense. So Capricorn maps to the sign of the Jester. Sounds the- totally like you. Yeah, the symbol of the Nilbog. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Nilbog, it is goblin backwards. It is a goblin magically imbued by the god of goblins to either make sure that goblins are sufficiently chaotic or to make sure that they're actually doing what he wants. But it, it's basically like, I am a goblin sent from God to mess up whatever you are doing right now. Mostly fellow goblins, but everyone. Their famous feature is that damage actually heals them. <laughs> <laughs> My associated creature, Goose. Ha! <laughs> it feels or, right. For, it feels for folks at home, right. Tyler hates birds. And he, he's never seen a bird and be like, oh, I'm glad that thing exists. Hates birds. Of, I, of all the birds, his, his most hated bird, you think it's Goose. It's not. It's a seagull. But his second most hated bird, absolutely the Canada Goose. Why do, yes. you, why do you hate birds? Just, it's really not all birds. There are a lot of birds that I look at and be like, that's a perfectly fine bird. It's mostly just the birds that I interact with on any regular basis are just the worst. Like, you don't actually interact with nice songbirds because they're like, ah, that's a human. I'm leaving. It's like, ah, I'm sad now. Geese, they'll mess up your life. Oh, yeah. Seagulls, they're going to steal your snacks right out of your hand. Yeah, the hissy cobra bird. No, you, know, you, you, you know what's worse than, than geese, though? Swans. Swans are assholes. I, when I <laughs> lived in Virginia, we had the, the complex bought swans to live in our pond to chase oh, no. away the geese. Oh, oh, oh. 
Did it work? No, you would then just get chased by geese and by swans. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our attack swans, they were, the geese were fine. They were cool with the geese. <laughs> Humans I with small saw, dogs, though, absolutely not. I once saw a swan bully a goose, and I thought, this is fine with me. I'm fine with this. <laughs> Justice, <laughs> finally. Exactly. All right. So deck of many things. Honestly, we could talk about the book of many things forever. It's it's 22 chapters. Every single one of them is full of really cool stuff. Like it, it sticks to the theme of each of the cards mostly, but it does mean that like if you read the book cover to cover, it might feel a little bit like a hodgepodge because the topics vary so much within the book. But at the same time, you can pick up the book, read one chapter and be like, I have so many cool ideas now. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's a bit of a chaotic nightmare. Maybe not organized the best, but I like that they stuck to the theme, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Honkulies. the cards themselves. Honkulies, <laughs> yeah. I. Okay. The Monsterizer. Yeah. Last Spooktober... <laughs> I made a monster every day. One of the monsters I created was the Honkulies. The the it, it haunts the edge of lakes, flexing and working out, and it kills you by hoisting you into the air and dropping you. God, Honkulies. Did, really did Wing Lady really think? Geese. I I think she may have. Yeah, I, th I think so too. <laughs> That's my memory of this. Yeah. All right. Sorry. The the chat is still laughing about geese. Okay. So. There's a new deck, deck of many more things, 66 cards. So they set out to expand the original deck of just 22, which has been basically unchanged since it was first introduced in the 70s. But the beneficial cards generally tended to favor like specific groups of characters. Like there's a card to get a magic weapon. There's a card to get a magic suit of armor. And if you're not a character who uses either of those things, those cards are basically useless to you. Like... I once played in a game where I had a high-level wizard draw from the deck of many things. I got the, it's either star or common, I can't remember, the one that gives you a magic weapon. I got like a plus 13 bow that I wasn't proficient in. It's like, great, the entire campaign is just me figuring out how to sell this thing. It's worth a country. So yeah, there, there's a bunch of new cards that they'll grant more magic items. There are cards that will permanently increase your ability scores. There are some new dangerous cards. So like you're going to have to go buy the thing and look at the list because I can't remember them off the top of my head. And I'm not going to read 66 entries from a table. But the art on every single one of them is gorgeous. Like the cards are big and chonky. Randall, what are you holding up? It's terrifying. Oh, the skull card. Yeah, look how scary that guy looks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the skull famously, you draw it. You must you must fight an incarnation of the Grim Reaper. If anyone steps in to assist you, they must fight their own. <laughs> you uh, get a Grim Reaper. You get a Grim Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's a piece of art in the book of a guy drawing the death card. It's just some dwarf like sitting in a tent by himself. Like he's in pajamas and he draws the card and like the Grim Reaper pops out of it. It's like, oh, oh, I'm dying. Yeah. If you're familiar with tarot cards at all, like a lot of these will feel conceptually familiar. The size of the cards is the same. You can use them in very similar ways. And the accompanying card guide is written specifically to help you do that. Like to do tarot style readings of the deck of many things. And, you know, I, I'm not 
I'm not a person who believes in fortune telling or prophecy or any of those things, but like you could use a tarot deck to like, I can lay out some cards and based on the symbols and the things associated with them, I could make up a pretty cool story. And that is exactly what this is for in a lot of ways. Yeah. Speaking of someone who in my main Pathfinder game, I play a witch harrower, which is Pathfinder's version of tarot cards they built an entire prestige class around using cards. Very fun to do. Very fun to do tarot slash harrow readings. Like, even if you don't know how to do it, it's really easy to make stuff up based on your, the, what the book tells you to interpret, how positions of cards relate and stuff like that. It's a great storytelling device, and I'm glad that D&D is finally embracing it because Pathfinder was streets ahead on that one. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the cool things that you get in the Deck of Many Things card reference guide, up front, they give you the idea of an adventure spread. Mm-hmm. And it is literally lay out the cards in this particular way, and we're going to use this to dynamically build an adventure for your party to go play now. And so if you, if you run a lot of one-shots for your uh, folks, if you're a person like... So what we do with our table, we have a big table. If we're missing one person we keep playing the adventure. But if we're missing two people, we'll just play a different game. And a lot of times we'll still take our characters and go do something with them, all of us acknowledging that this isn't actually happening in the real world. This is a tool to lay it out and say like, okay, what is our, what is our problem going to be today? How does the adventure begin? What is the journey that we're going on? What are the challenges that we're going to face? And what treasure is going to come because we face those challenges successfully? And then finally, who's the BBG? of this one-off event that we're doing. It's a really cool way to lay it out that you can basically walk into a session and just make it happen. Yeah, if you're ready with the improv, if like you can pull up some stat blocks real quick, like, you can throw an adventure together really well like that. Randall and I were lucky enough at Gen Con, we got to play in a game run by Mackenzie Darmus, who's one of the lead designers on Deck Many Things. She, yeah, sat us down at a table, spread out some cards, came up with an adventure on the fly. It was really fun. She did good. I mean, obviously, she's a professional. She's very good at this. But, yeah, like you could do this at home without that much work. They set you up for success. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool little, little book. Yeah. It's a cool little book indeed. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You can find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on rbgbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. So something cool that my DM does for my harrower, this isn't raw. But if people like this idea, they can steal this for their characters. My pl- my witch my witch's patron speaks to me through the cards, and so every day mm-hmm. I lay out a spread of cards, and based on the because in the Harrow deck, each each card has one of the nine different alignments and has a ability score attached to it. It's one of the suits. So based on the f- the first card that I, I reveal gives me a task based on its alignment 
And then, so there's three cards in the middle. So I can flip up each card one at a time. And if I don't like the assignment for that particular card, I can flip up the next one and see if that one's better. And then the outer cards that he has me put out, that's how much of that thing I have to do. So an example would be for like neutral evil, if neutral evil were to come up, that's just straight blood. I have to give blood to my, pa- sacrifice blood to my patron, my own blood. And then in one of the outer ones, like if it's if it's uh, strength, it's like a little bit of blood. If it's charisma, it's a lot of blood. Hmm. And th- so there's like, you can, one of them is like act of charity. One of them is get to know someone intimately that's not a party member. Another one is just give gold to my patron. Another is take blood from a willing person or take blood from an unwilling person. So it's really just kind of dependent on what and the task that is set before me that day i first off i get bonuses from the cards that i pick up that's just my base harrower stuff and if i accomplish my task for the day i gain patron approval which works out to my patron helping me in certain circumstances or if i don't fulfill that task my patron loses approval which can backfire on me so that's a cool way you can institute a sort of like harrow or a tarot reading into your games very cool that's really cool i i want to borrow that for a warlock that's neat (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very cool it's very cool 